you're not part of a uh, men's Bible study, uh, we would love to have you join us in person. In fact, you can go to SWATradio.com to check out the meetings tab, and you will see the various locations that we gather for Bible study. However, here at SWAT Radio this week, Doug and I have been doing a uh, just kind of a, uh, a discussion about the sovereignty of God in the midst of storms. Uh, trials, suffering, and uh, because it's a reality. In fact, uh, last Thursday, Doug, you and I weren't even here because uh, Hurricane Ian was uh, was coming through town. So uh, good to be back in studio here on a Thursday. I know you've missed a couple of guests, but we've got a special guest today, and I'm excited. In fact, I came up here just to be here on Thursday so I could get to see this special guest and longtime friend of ours well he is no stranger to swat radio he's been on uh, he's been at one of our retreat sharing and uh he is uh, more than just a good friend he's a brother in the lord and i'm so thankful to have uh john rutherford congressman john rutherford here in the studio it's funny i knew you as sheriff rutherford before i knew you before <laughs> anything uh, and his right hand guy chris miller is in here with him as well and we're just so glad to have them here. We're thankful. You, you have been a servant uh, as long as I've known you, and and you've served in some tough areas. I mean, one, being a sheriff of Jacksonville is tough. Being a congressman is tough. And um, I'm, I'm just so thankful for your walk with the Lord, for your commitment to spiritual values. You know, we were talking the other day, Congressman, about how our country was founded on biblical values even people mm-hmm. that didn't believe in God believed in those values. Right. And we have pushed now into territory where I would say there's a large part of this country that doesn't believe in biblical values anymore. Right. And that's really made and, your and job only, tougher, hasn't it? Doug, not only do they not believe in it, but they're hostile toward it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's, that's made your job worse. a lot tougher. Even worse, isn't yeah. it tougher to govern when people, everybody... In fact, I think there's a book in the Bible that the key phrase to the destruction of God's people is everybody did what was right in their own eyes. That's right. Yeah. It, yep. it, isn't that kind of where we are exactly. in America right now? Exactly. And and you know what's sad? I, I, I think what made America great, and, and it's still out there, and, and that is the fact that, well, it, you know, I call Ephesians two ten the the happiness verse. <laughs> yeah, because if you really want to be happy, mm-hmm. you go find that work that God prepared in advance for you to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what Ephesians two ten says is you know we're all created in the image of Christ Jesus to do good work, which He prepared in advance for us to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but only in America <clears throat> do you have the freedom and the opportunity to go figure out what that is. What what did the Lord prepare for you to do? Go find it. Nobody's going to hold you back. You're, you're, you have the opportunity. You have the freedom. 
It's all it's all on you and the Holy Spirit to, to guide you into into whatever that that work is. And, and if you can find it, you will truly be happy the rest of your life. I I, I can tell you, I I uh, I found mine mine my first calling my first ministry was law enforcement and and you weren't even a believer at the time <laughs> no even when though, i went in i was not a believer you, but you but you were chosen by god he Amen. knew you were his right and and just real quick the two-minute elevator version you're in the car reading your bible right right what led you to do that again well it, it was all of the death and destruction that i saw out on the streets of jacksonville as a young man right out of college and uh and and I realized that the death and dying that I had seen up to that point was all elderly people, mm-hmm. in, you know, sick and, you know, grandparents and that sort of thing. Now I was seeing people die suddenly, unexpectedly, violently. Young. Uh, very young. Yeah. And, uh, and, in fact, I share the story all the time about uh, a young woman. She was about my age, uh, I think, because it looked like she was probably on her way home from college. Because she had books and all this stuff jammed into her little Carmagia car. And uh, the Buckman Bridge had just opened. Uh, 295 still had the median. She got clipped and knocked into the median. She overcorrected. She wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Her car flipped, threw her straight up. She oh. came straight down. And she, honestly, Doug, when I walked up to her, I thought she was asleep. She looked like she was asleep. Hmm. She didn't look dead. She looked like she was asleep. Hmm. There were no grass stains on her. There was no blood on her. There was, I mean, she was just laying there. And, um, and I remember, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit just got, kind of put it on my heart that, you know, when she got dressed this morning and put that blouse on and those slacks, she had no idea she was going to die in them. Yeah. And that's when I began to realize hmm. how suddenly you can die and, Am I prepared? You know, and I started thinking about my own salvation. And the church has got a name for it. It's Morte something. I, I, y'all may know. I, I don't remember what it's called. But, but it's where the fear of death, you know, moves you. Uh, and, and so it moved me to, to the Bible. And that's how I wound up reading the Bible cover to cover in the was, front seat of the police car. I was thinking, is it Ecclesiastes that says that God has put eternity in the hearts of men? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's kind of your point is exactly. that we well, know there's an end to this. Well, death, right. it, death is the great enemy of man, and Jesus overcame that. And yes. without Jesus, if you don't have Jesus, you don't have, you, you don't have hope. Right. There's no hope. Right. Well, you know, I know, um, by the way, if you're just tuning in, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And uh, we, on Thursdays, usually have a guest in here, and today it's Congressman Rutherford. Um, uh, you know, his past is he was a sheriff here in Jacksonville, three terms, right? Three, 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 three four year terms, three, four year terms, 2003 to 2015. And, um, he was a sheriff here and, uh, and then he, uh, became a congressman. He's always had a heart for the security of the community. As long as mm-hmm. I've known you, that's yeah. been a, a priority for you when you were a sheriff, it was as a law i mean anybody who serves is. yeah when you serve as a police yeah. officer or a law enforcement personnel you you care about protecting people you you right. you've got to have that instinct to even want to do that right and so in light of everything that's been going on in our country are are you 
taken back by the amount of violence. I'm, I'm talking, when I read the paper now, Congressman, mm-hmm. people dismembering family <clears throat> members, stuff like we never read about. Right. And I'm just right. wondering, are we just getting more and more evil as a culture, or is it just the lack of restraint? What do you see? I, I think it's a lack of restraint because there's been a lack of enforcement uh, by the law, particularly in some of these uh, <clears throat> liberal cities where they've got these prosecutors who refuse to prosecute. And, you, you know, I can tell you in 2011 in Jacksonville, we had fewer murders in Jacksonville in 2011 than we had in 1971. Wow. That was a 41-year low <laughs> in murder. And violent crime, overall violent crime. Mm-hmm. But here's why. It was three things that were going on. Mayor John Payton had started the uh, Better Jacksonville plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had um, the police department. We were, we were doing the enforcement side with uh, Operation Showdown, where we were engaging criminals in every opportunity. But then we also had the prevention piece. Uh, the, and and the we we had the prevention, the intervention, and the enforcement, all three working together. I call it the pie mm-hmm. of of crime fighting: prevention, intervention, and enforcement. And enforcement's last. Mm-hmm. The prevention is all the programs that we had going. The intervention was we had a great prosecutor. Mm-hmm. Angela Corey was so aggressive in. And holding people accountable, mm-hmm. and and look, they they learn that that the bad guys know the criminal justice system better than anybody. They know what they can get away with, and they mm-hmm. know what they can't, mm-hmm. and and that controls them. Uh, you know, I started Operation Dismas, uh, and I named it after uh, Saint Dismas because. I, you know, he's the, well, first of all, he's a patron saint of reformed prisoners. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to name it after him because this program was taking those who were coming back from the prison system who had been violent in our community. We were sitting them down and explaining to them how they're in a special group. Hmm. We want you to be successful. We love you. But know this, if you pick up a gun in this community, we're going to treat you special. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do everything yeah. I can to put you away for the rest of your life. Well, now you now you've got people that are doing stuff like that. They're and, out and, tomorrow, and, and they're mm-hmm. releasing them tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, right. And exactly. It's that's terrible. why crime is off the chain right now. Well, so one of the things I know that uh, you you have been a part of is it, it, I can't remember the exact name of the act. Uh, is it the invest in uh, the invest investor protect investor protect yeah yeah uh, uh, tell everybody what i know you were part of that and supportive yeah. of that tell everybody what that is doing to help this area. yeah this this was a great piece of uh, bipartisan work uh me and josh gottheimer uh got together and and hammered out the the language that we could both live with that him being a Democrat, he's using a Democrat. A yeah, he's a Democrat from New Jersey. And I'm a Republican from Florida. <laughs> yeah. But but we. You both, mean you guys get along? <laughs> yeah, we okay, do. Yeah, just, no, we actually do. I know that's great. And and, um, and so Josh and I, you know, we realized. I, I realized particularly that large agencies and, and medium sized agencies are the ones that always get the grants that are out there available hmm. through DOJ and and um, and that. The small agencies, 125 officers or less, 
they don't have the 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 assets to go after these grants. They don't have grant writers and all that stuff like like the big agencies mm-hmm. do. So so we decided we're going to take we're we're going to take this money and and mainly because of the demoralization and delegitimization of law enforcement over these last few years, mm-hmm. the attack that these officers are under, they're leaving in record numbers. You know, I, I think, mm-hmm. um, don't hold many of these numbers, but like retirements were up like 48%. Well, well even look uh, at all the people like in these, some of these progressive <clears throat> cities, like out in Minnesota or, or up in Minnesota mm-hmm. or out west and uh, the state of Washington, like Seattle. All these people are leaving. These police officers leaving. What? Are they, yeah. Can, can you yeah. imagine when you were sheriff, if if like sixty percent of your people bolted? <laughs> exactly. I mean, That's that that sets up your community for failure mm-hmm. as far as crime's concerned. So so what what we wanted to do was make sure that we were providing grant dollars and making it accessible to the small agencies with one hundred twenty five officers or less, and let them use that money to retain and hire good officers and to help with their mental health because a lot of them, you know, they're under such siege right now. Uh, they have a lot of mental health issues as well. And, and so you, that, the money can be used for that. And, uh, and it can be used for training. Mm-hmm. The, to train officers, um, you know, de- de-escalation techniques and, and things that will actually – Help them perform their job better in the community, mm-hmm. and so we uh, we got that bill passed in the house. And I and I have to say, Josh had a heck of a time on his side of the aisle, but he prevailed. Uh, you know, getting folks to come along with it, and we passed that bill. I think it was three hundred and sixty-four to, or no, yeah, three hundred and sixty-four to. 40-something, I think. But it see, was, that, was that's amazing. one of those bills, too, that is impactful, but you don't necessarily get a lot of big media coverage out of it no, because it's it, negative. No, it but got, it's such it a good thing. Little, what about yeah. the uh, the Readable Legislation Act? Did you get that passed, or is uh, it? No, we, that, we haven't gotten that passed yet, but but I tell people, look, if the, if the Florida legislature can do it, I'm sure the federal government can do it. And, 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 this, and, and just so our listeners will know, by the way, we have people listening in Mississippi, uh, Georgia, Virginia, yeah. uh, out west, and even overseas right. in the Internet. And people look at our culture, especially from overseas, and the Congress, and, and, and we're a joke in a lot of places. Yeah. But there's a lot of good people, and you're one of those people. And I think this particular act deserves mentioning because I, I can remember – reading on the newspaper in the newspaper or hearing about how people pass laws they didn't even know what was in it mm-hmm. how can you do that with good <laughs> yeah. conscience pass a law that you don't even know all the technical aspects of it and that's how we get things in there that cause constitutional crisis between exactly. branches of government so i exactly. really applaud you for getting this through i hope that yeah. it will be passed absolutely I, I hope so too because what what this bill actually does is just like the florida legislature when when they draft a bill when it goes to bill drafting it comes out and it reads as it will in the law and the old parts are stricken out the new parts are normally in red and so you know how that bill's going to read. Washington, D.C. doesn't do that. 
you you get a bill now some will some will do that but if you're amending a bill that already a law that already exists they don't print the the whole law they give you the changes you know on line 36 uh change you know after and inject you know this sentence it so you're reading the thing and you're trying to flip back and look at the law itself to see how it's really changing things. And it, it, it's incredibly complicated and it doesn't have to be. And sometimes I think they do it on purpose. Well, I believe so they the do. Folks, <laughs> so the average folks can't sit down with all the books and, and read that stuff. Well, absolutely. If you make it too complicated, people get tired and they go, I can't they understand get, this. And they right. just it's write it off. Right. But that's why I right. listen as, as, People are out there listening. How can they make a difference in maybe getting something like the Readable Legislation Act passed? Can they call their congressman in Virginia or Mississippi and say, yes. hey, vote yes on this thing it, yes. or bring it up? And, and Doug, I will, I will tell you, I don't think people uh, put enough stock in communicating with their representatives. Uh, I can tell you, we... We review those letters that come to us. Now, I, I will say this, and this is a great opportunity to explain this. Occasionally, what we've discovered is, and Chris and I were just working on this the other day, what we've discovered is there are these sites where uh, a third party will ask you to send an email through their system to our system. Uh-huh. But our IQ system doesn't doesn't read it properly because it's it's not coming from a, it's an original it's not an original mm-hmm. source so it goes in this little basket over here we're we're discovering and it may or may not get answered so now we're looking to try and figure out okay how do we fix this so this goes to an assignment box waiting area as opposed to this kind of a spam box i guess yeah. and so some people haven't gotten responses because they went through that third party system but if they the send you directly right exactly and and so i would encourage folks do that because we respond to all of those phone email right phone email the, the best way is really email uh-huh. uh but i like phone too and in fact uh you know if you've got my my cell phone number which most people do hmm. call me Yes. How many yeah. congressmen give you their say, cell phone cover, uh, number? I mean, I was going to say, I've got that phone number. I don't, I'm not sure I'm going to give it out. But, yeah, I, yeah. isn't that great? No, I, I, I do that. Uh, in fact, my, my chief, Jennifer uh, Bradley, she's like, Sheriff, we, we, we've got to change your phone. Everybody in the world has got your number. Well, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, yeah. I, I want it that way. Well, you serve you know? the people. Well, exactly. And, and that is something that – and listen, if you uh, go to – there's a website – called rutherford.house.gov if you go to that r-u-t-h-e-r-f-o-r-d.house.gov if you're in the fourth district you can just go to that site go contact put in your zip code and it you you will send that that will go right to you guys right right right. and And now that will be the new fifth district come january okay that was one of the questions i was going to ask you too about the there's a court case going up now about Alabama and their their gerrymandering or whatever they call you know the yeah. the the voting districts. Uh, how do you see the redistricting affecting Florida? Yeah, uh, I I don't 
I don't think I've heard of any uh, legal challenges right now to, 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 to ours. Yeah. There, there might be, but I I don't. I'm not, but I mean, do you think that case is that case in Alabama going to the Supreme Court? Will that embolden people to try to bring suit? Do you think uh, about because I don't? I see that's one thing. Is no, I, just I think a, I, th- I think the circumstances are always so different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's based on your state, but but the key here is it's your state election laws and districting it's not anybody else you know you know and that and that's important uh the federalists uh were were very insistent on having that separation and pushing those powers back down to the state Mm. and not having it in you know the federal government Mm. but having states run their election systems and in all of that so that that's a, a very important uh element of our republic i think well how um how do you see the toxicity that has been plaguing our our our, let's say our central headquarters up in the dc area for the Mm -hmm. past few years Do, do you see that getting better do you see it getting worse uh as believers out there who want to pray for you and people like you who are believers up there um I, I know it's challenging. Can you share a little bit of insight? You don't have to mention names, but just, you know, mm-hmm. how is it going up there in D.C., really, apart from what the media says? Give mm-hmm. us the real story. Yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, <clears throat> it's pretty partisan is right it? now, and which is one of the reasons that I supported, uh, you know, when we, when we all voted to bring back the uh, – uh, locally funded projects uh they used to call them earmarks uh and and that's a that that war has gotten such a bad rap uh, but but you know i tell people well look do you want do you want your representative making these spending decisions on your behalf or do you want some bureaucrat up in dc making those i would decisions? much rather my guy and my district make Absol- decisions. thank you totally absolutely and so so what we've done is we've brought back these community-funded projects that CFPs mm-hmm. that have to come from the ground up, have to be nonprofit or or local uh, or state government-driven, and so there's some good guardrails on it. Uh, and and here's the key thing that people need to know: it doesn't add one penny of spending to the budget. Now, what was happening before was not the, – the problem wasn't so much in the earmarks as it was in what they called airdrops. When the two spending bills from the House and the Senate go into conference, things would come out of that bill. That bill would come out. they they take two bills and put them into one, right? Yeah. But then when you read it, there's things in there that nobody's even seen before. Mm-hmm. It just kind of air. That's why they call them airdrops. It just kind of mm-hmm. dropped in out of the air, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and it was somebody buying votes is what it was. And, and so, and that's what that's, make, what, that, what, that's what brought the bad rap. Exactly, and that's all stopped. None of that's going on now. They all have to be online, p- completely transparent. Has to be supported from the ground up. Mm-hmm. I don't start them. The community starts them, mm-hmm. and so that's that's the important thing. And representatives ought to be making those decisions. 
Mm-hmm. We know our districts better than anybody in Washington, D.C. They're not elected by anybody. Nobody knows who they are. And I'm going to tell you, when we talk about term limits, I always tell folks, look, I, I'm, I'm fine with term limits for members if we do everybody. And, and I would say probably the best length of time might be somewhere between, uh, you know, 12 and 16 That's years. That's what I would think. 12 and mm-hmm. 16 yep. years would be a good time. Yep. That gives you plenty of time to, to learn the system, get, get you know, into leadership, change things. And so uh, that that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, well you know, I, I we're, we're about to have to go to the break on the half hour for the news. But, you know, people listening to SWAT Radio, SWAT's a men's discipleship radio program. And you might be wondering, why are we talking to a guy who is serving in Congress? <clears throat> well, first of all, he's a brother who's serving in Congress. He loves the Lord. And he is a brother who's up there and I believe that we need to be informed prayers yeah. and, and there, there's no better way to pray for somebody than to hear what they're doing, how they're doing it, because Washington gets such a bad rap. I want people to know we've got brothers serving up there. You're not the only one. There's others that, no, you know, absolutely. so uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to, we're going to pick it up. And John's going to share with us. Uh, Congressman Ruther is going to share contract with America. And so we'll be right back. Commitment. Oh, I'm sorry. Commitment to America. Commitment to America. Yeah, right after the break, Brad, right? (laughs) That's right. We'll be right back. to SWAT Radio. We're glad you joined us as we're doing a a little interview today with our good friend Congressman Rutherford. And uh, SWAT is a live broadcast, John. I don't know if you know that. So there's a good audience out there who's listening live, and usually we'll take some calls, Doug and I will, but we would prefer you email us at ASK, ask at SWATradio.com. That's ASK at SWATradio.com. So if, if you have any questions for uh, Congressman Rutherford or Doug or myself, please uh, send us an email. And, uh, John, good to see you again, man. Good to see you, Brad. Yeah. Always yeah. good to see you. Yeah. Well, we're obviously we've got a lot to discuss, and we have a short period of time. So uh, let's get to it. Well, I, I, I you know, the, I know this <clears throat> commitment to America is it's a big deal right now. Um, the for Congress for for the congressman that I think really would would be more in line with a biblical view of values. Uh, yes, I, I, just to be honest with you, no, I, I think so. I, I think, yeah, uh, I think so. Uh, because you know when people talk about freedom, freedom means a lot of things to a lot of people. Like 
I tell people all the time, you can be free to not brush your teeth, but you're going to have cavities, right? <laughs> right. So there's consequences. And people <laughs> say, you know, as it relates to abortion, people, you know, people, women should have the right to their own body. Well, that's really not true. You don't have the right to shoot up heroin to your body. You can get arrested for that, right? Mm. Well, unless you're in Chicago or, right. or L.A. Um, sorry, that just kind of came out. I didn't mean to throw that out there. Um, but we all have limits to our rights and right. our freedoms uh, because sometimes your your freedoms impose other things on other people that's undesirable. Mm-hmm. So governments really exist to make sure there's justice an equal balance of the law. And right. and so talk a little bit about the commitment to America and and what really the hope is and how we can pray yeah. as believers for you and the other members who are trying to yeah. get these things passed to help America get back on a yeah, good so, track. So Doug Brad, let me let me tell you how this came to be, the commitment to America. Uh several months ago, nine months ago almost, I think, uh uh, the Kevin McCarthy uh, created different task forces to address all of the different crises that we saw around the around the country, mm-hmm. whether it was inflation, energy, uh, schools, uh, southern border, law and order, and we put together. He put together these task forces, and we went out across the country. And held these focus group meetings with different different people, getting their input. And now we came back to, to Washington D.C. We've put putting bills together and have put some bills together to address these different areas. And and they're kind of in four buckets, if you will. And, and the first one is those things that we need to do to create a strong economy. You know, and and that means we've got to fight this inflation. We've got to lower the cost of living. We have to quit this tax and spend that's been going on for, you know, two years now. Uh, we've we've got to find ways, to, like we did with the Tax Cut Jobs Act. If you remember, our GDP growth under the Tax Cut Jobs Act after we passed that was phenomenal. Uh, unemployment was the lowest in mm-hmm. every demographic you could look at. Lowest it had ever been. So those, those are the sort of things. My HR1, you know, which which means it's your number one priority in the next Congress, is I think it should be our HR1 is most likely going to be, if it's not securing the border, it's most likely going to be recapturing uh, the United States energy independence. Yeah. Because that energy independence touches every segment of our economy, hmm. every segment. And people don't realize food, that. Yeah. Food, transportation, you know, clothing. The, the energy that's made to produce and, and, and transport, it's in every segment of our economy. And, you know, from day one, the... President Biden's administration has gone after they've created this war on fossil fuels, and, which is uh, really unfounded. Uh, because oh, it's, it's it's crazy. And and here's the thing: like like I told Secretary Buttigieg uh, of Transportation, I said, you know, Mr. Secretary, the the way you all are trying to literally kill the fossil fuel industry, I, I said, 
I would remind you that when the first Model A rolled off the assembly line back in the day, America didn't go around and shoot all the horses immediately. <laughs> you know, we let that transition take place naturally. In fact, of the matter is, by this attack on fossil fuels that they have created, we are we are now destroying the very capital that we could have had for conservation, for innovation, for adaptability. We they have shot us in the foot. It's going to be harder to transition now to the clean energy opportunities because they've gone after fossil fuels so well, so well in every drastically. way well you think about it even with the electric cars right electric cars are a novelty um i even the tesla now i i, I saw a guy had to replace his battery it was thirty three thousand dollars to replace the battery oh, after Lord. a few years yeah okay so think about that first of all the yeah. impact economically of that but also think about what just happened with hurricane ian you mm-hmm. have no power if you have all electric cars down there, how do people get anything yeah. done? So I, I think there there does need to be the hybrid technology is good <laughs> if you can uh, kind of help with the, right. the gas. Right. But fossil fuels are not bad. Our country has been using them for a long time, and it's right. not cha- – in, in fact, <laughs> in America, obviously most of our electric – electricity is generated by burning fossil fuels mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, or carbon well, we'd all be in here naked so, right now without <laughs> fossil fuels exactly. that would not be a pretty exactly. sight <laughs> no it would not <laughs> well you know but but that so, is a great thing that y'all are focused on and so that's, yeah so that so that's the number one bucket you know is is getting the economy back strong so that we have the dollars to do the investing mm-hmm. that we need to do second thing is we we've got to make our nation safe again you know, all those issues that we talked about earlier about, um, you know, crime. One thing we haven't talked much about is the southern border and what's going yeah. on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've got 500,000 gotaways that have come in. Now, the the nice. way we know they came in, we've got this autonomous tower system, ATS they call it, mm-hmm. that's set up on the border. So we see them coming in through that yeah. ATS system. But guess what? CBP doesn't have enough officers to respond to go capture them. So we see them coming across. Plus, we, even if you did capture them. we can't do anything with them, they just let ca- them go. Yeah, exactly. Right. As a fellow Texan who you know, doesn't like to see that happening. Mm-hmm. Right. So so we're also committed to bringing on, and this is, goes to the Investor Protect Act, you know, uh, 200,000 more police officers across the, across the country to replace those who have left the profession. Mm-hmm. And then um, – you know, supporting our troops, uh, understanding that our national security is uh, really at risk. You know, this is a, a, a real threat that we face uh, from the Chinese Communist Party and Chairman Xi Jinping. Mm. And so uh, we, we've got to address that. And then third and fi- uh, third is, uh, you know, a future that's built on freedom. And this is really about uh you know one of the one of the mainstays in it is a parental bill of rights mm. for education for schools uh because parents are just being shut out and you know Doug when you talk about what can uh people do to to help you know with where the country's going get involved in your local school board races mm-hmm, and uh you know I I just uh 
I mean, I won't talk about which, which one, but I, I just endorsed a school board race because I think they're that important. You know? Well, you know? I don't think, John, I mean, uh, Doug and I, our kids are grown and, you know, they're out of the house. And I think what happens well, is... Except a, for... Well, don't, yeah, don't be putting yeah, me there. Sorry, I still yeah, got yeah. two. <laughs> That's true. But I think, you know, we were talking about it really before we even came on the air today. Is mm-hmm. we, we just kind of... It's not front and center in our minds today. But I think no, it's not, if, it's there was anything, if there was anything good that came out of COVID, I think that's something yes. good that came out of it. His parents became aware of what's being taught in the schools. Right. And well, they've had it. Well, because the kids are are actually that they're being brainwashed in a lot of ways and prepared. they're being indoctrinated well, yeah, they're that, not being educated well, yeah that, that that's yeah. exactly right mm-hmm. but there's another danger for the kids out there today and i seem to be reading more and more and i do want i, I know y'all are going to address this in this uh aspect of the crime and protecting the public talk about the fentanyl coming in it is oh, it is Lord. it is so deadly and so widespread and it seems like it just popped up out of nowhere uh let me like, tell you china's at war with the united states right now and they just killed last year 108,000 of our 18 to 45 year olds or 35 year olds i'm sorry they just killed 108,000 of them and and here's here's a message that is very important i i had invited uh captain lee he's he's on the uh, below decks uh tv show uh-huh and his sadly his son died from fentanyl poisoning and i and and so i asked him to i wanted to put some real story behind the fentanyl issues because I'm, I'm on the opioid task force and so we invited him to dc he came up and shared his story of his son and and i made the mistake once of saying that his son died of an overdose and he said sure if i uh, he said, I got to stop you. My son did not die from an overdose. My son died from poisoning. My son took one pill that he ordered online, one pill that he did not know had fentanyl in it, and it killed him. And and here's, and you know, the more I thought about it, the more I realized Captain Lee was absolutely right. We've got to change the message. We got to change the message on, on this fentanyl. It's, these are not fentanyl overdoses. These are fentanyl poisonings. They're poisoning. Because, look, when we say overdose, you know what every every person out there between the ages of 18 and 35 is thinking? Well, I, I just won't take that much. Yeah. You know, I, I can do this. But I they're just saying don't need to just take, almost like a few grains of salt. One, exactly. But just one pill can kill The first pill you take can kill you. Okay, so for It's our, not an overdose. So, it's a poisoning in China. The Chinese Communist Party is poisoning our youth. Well, it seems to me like a multi-prong attack from China that started with COVID, and it's it's now uh, it, it also includes, uh, I think, political operatives. I really do. I believe there's pressure being put on political operatives uh, uh, to bring division, more division within the country, and then these fentanyl deaths is one of the things that are coming up from poisoning talk Mm -hmm. from your knowledge of what you've learned up there. How can parents out there, because it's, how can they help educate children? Because right now they're, they're good kids. These are not bad kids that are taking drug. drug, They're not not druggy kids. These are kids 
that are just your everyday kid who's ordering a pill for for like hyperactivity or help them get, through, get through it. Yeah, time or something. You so, know. So, so so talk to the parents for a second. How did that happen with? Kathleen? Yeah, un- understand that they need to change the message with their child and and highlight the fact that this is a poisoning. It is not an overdose, and so. Don't think that, oh, I can take one pill and be safe because I'm not going to overdose on one pill. No, that one pill can poison you enough to kill you. Mm-hmm. And so that that needs to be the message. Uh, in fact, there's a, there's a mantra that they're using now, one pill can kill. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, that's what I'm talking to my grandchildren about, putting the word out, you know, look. One pill can kill. So don't take a pill don't unless you get it from a doctor. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And don't, just don't do it. You know, it's it's poison. Yeah, I just was sad. I just saw a couple from Wisconsin talking about the death of their their two boys at college. They yeah. did the same thing. These were good kids right. that just, they took a pill to help them study. It, it was nothing more than to give them a jolt of energy to keep them up. So, yeah. so you're going to, you're going to address that. Y'all are going to yes. push to try to help yes. deal with this. Right. Right. And, and then number four, that kind of the fourth bucket is a government that's accountable. Mm. And, and that means we have to hold these oversight hearings. We have to bring in agencies and individuals and hold them accountable. We have to bring in the FBI and talk to them about what's going on. Mm. We have to talk to Ray Epps. I want to know, you know, I want to see this fella in front of a hearing, mm-hmm. uh, telling me what his involvement was in in January 6th and those sorts of things. But we also have to fight to uphold and have hearings to look at our freedom of speech and how we're being throttled and shadow banned on, on these big tech uh, platforms. Yeah, are you going to deal with that finally? Like, uh, well, I I just heard yeah. yesterday that Elon Musk is really buying Twitter, yeah. which it was going to help with Twitter. But what about Facebook and YouTube yeah. and all those and, things? And you see, China is already responding to that. That's how scared they are because they know right now they are controlling that. Well, you know, I I, I have to ask you a question that popped up with me with Elon Musk because I had no idea how does Elon Musk launch all these satellites. And mm-hmm. have Starlinks like what he did when Florida is a good thing, right? Like he, he took them down right. there to help the people. Right. But what if somebody had bad intentions? You know, I was just thinking, did he have to get clearance for all that stuff? They could. Well, yes, I I, I think you have to. Uh, think the FCC controls. Yeah, because because the, the United yeah. States government still, still kind right. of polices the space uh, technology, right. right? Right. So the you know the the challenge. I think uh, going going forward is, and we should be doing that. I mean, that's what the you know American uh, what was what it used to be, America Free Radio, you know, go you know putting those that connectivity out there for people who are in these countries that want to protest, like Iran, like Cuba. You, you see how the suppression of information is in all these in all these countries and we're starting to see it in our country Hmm. that's why this you know this throttling and shadow banning and deciding you know kicking people off of platforms that's a that that's a dangerous signal for our country and so we we are going to hold some accountability over big tech Hmm. uh 
for the way that they're handling free speech and uh it, you know uh, across the across the united states and i'd like to see us uh pick up i, I know they're still doing it but uh we, we need to get messaging into places like iran like like cuba you know they had no co- connectivity down there yet there were people in the streets protesting the the regime and getting arrested going to prison and the Biden administration did nothing, nothing, to help those people. I, I well, I, it's it's been a there's it's been very disappointing. Just to be really candid with you, to see the leaders of our country and at least in the White House allow some of the things. And I, we've got about ten minutes left, and I, I want you to address this issue about Christians who are being singled out. Like, I don't know, and I don't know the particulars of this guy in Pennsylvania, right. but I know that they said 20 to 30 um, FBI agents showed up at his house because right. of something that happened locally that was declined by the prosecutor locally. A year earlier. Yeah, that seems very targeted to me as an observer looking back because I know when I was in the Bureau – that our if it was a local matter, we left it with a local. We did not look right. to try to bring things federal unless the locals already had a case, and that's what we did. Right. So in this case, are y'all looking into that at all? Oh there? yeah. Well, those those are the kind of accountability hearings that we're going to have when we're back in the majority. You know, but some people don't don't realize, but when you're in the minority, you don't even control what hearings you're going to have. That's all run by the majority. Wow. So. Once we, once it, you know, God willing, we went back the majority in November, which I I pray we do, uh, and, and I would hope others would be praying we do, uh, then we will be able to hold some accountability hearings on these very issues and, and question the, the, the FBI on why a, a case that had been dropped locally, although there was a federal nexus because it, it had, it, deals with uh you know uh, the people protesting I, I understand at, that right, yeah at, at abortion locations um so that does make it a federal case but the state case had already been dropped a year later you feel the need to go out with ar-15s and all this stuff and, and but see that's kind of what I, that's what i'm worried about is i look at these kind of things uh congressman because it's not even just him some of the other arrests, like, like, oh, like Nick Navarro, like Navarro Nick, in the Nick, airport. Nick Navarro, I, that was the most atrocious thing I've ever seen in my life. And 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 so yeah. the we when I was in, we people like that, we would arrange with their attorney for them to turn themselves exactly. in. Exactly, and and it, we do did it all the time. We did it discreetly. We did it all the but time. But it, it yep. appears as if there's political motivation behind it, and exactly. that's what I'm saying. What recourse? Does somebody like me? Right. Let's say they came right. after me for something. You don't something think they could have picked up Nick Navarro somewhere besides yeah. that? At the moment, he's getting ready to get on a plane. But what can Ridiculous. we do? What what do what do people do who are like do what I do? Like ministers or people that really care right. about our country, and we try to have a voice. If something like that were to happen, do I call Congressman Rutherford and say, "Hey, can you help me? This is wrong." Well, I'm going to tell you what what I think you need to do. Yes, number one. They need to tell us how they feel about those situations, but they also need to talk to their neighbors and their friends about it, you know, because they, 
you know, everybody has a sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. And when they see those kind of things, they ought to speak out against it. And, and, and it needs to start at the local level. You know, people need to be, people need to be involved in their party system, you know, at the local level. It, you know, there are, there are, I'll use Republicans as an example. There's Republican clubs all over my district. And so we, we need people to get involved there and let their position on these things be heard so that their members, like me, when I go to those meetings, I hear from people. Well, you talked about it earlier with me. You said people need to be informed because they need to wake up, I think is what exactly. you said. Because right. we've kind of been asleep, haven't we? Yeah. And, and, and I think we're most surprised by what's happened in our education system. The fact that, you know, now we're seeing what's going on in our, in our education system. Some of the grooming that's going on for transgender fluidity and, and all of that uh, scares me to death. That now people are beginning to see all that, and they realize that, you know, we've got to do something about it. And, and so that's probably the best thing that could have ever happened in America was, you know, we had this moment where kids were sent home and parents got to watch their children on television or on the, on the computer. On the computer. And, and saw what was going on in the classroom. You know, the fact that 49%, I, I, I heard this stat that 49% of millennials believe socialism is better than capitalism. Yes, isn't that crazy? But, but Doug, if you ask them what capital, and this is why I say be informed, if you ask them what capital or what uh, socialism is, they don't have an, they don't know. They think they do. Well, that's that same number of of young people mm-hmm. also believe it's wrong to try to proselytize or tell people about your faith bet, in Jesus. Right now, think right. about that. Yep. they ninety percent of them think people should follow Jesus, but they think it's wrong to try to tell somebody. Yeah. It may, but but we we live in a world that is really illogical in a lot of ways. Yeah. you can be a boy. If you're a girl or if you're a girl, you can be a boy. It makes right. no sense. Right. And you're told you're a bigot if you don't ascribe to that. Exactly. And it's just exactly. wrong. So you're, I hope, you're a homophobe or, yeah. or, or whatever. Well, I hope this commitment to America, <clears throat> I hope y'all take back the house because, like I said, there has come a point where this two-party system has very clearly one party has aligned themselves with what I would say is biblical values and one side has aligned themselves with worldly values because Mm -hmm. God made a man to live with a woman in marriage and to be married and procreate. If you took technology out, men in a whole culture was homosexual and lesbian. They wouldn't procreate. They would die. Right. And and it goes against God's design. Yeah. And so long ago, I think the I think those I'll, I'll call them communists because I think that's who, what who and what they are. Uh, I think they want to destroy the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. They want men out of the house. Uh, they want women and children dependent on the state. They want to raise these children, not not us. Mm-hmm. And that you know, and that's why the commitment to America is so important because we're going to create an economy that's strong. Mm-hmm. A nation that's safe, a future that's built on freedom, all of our freedoms, and then a government that's 
being held accountable. A freedom yeah. based on good values. On good values. You, if, Absolutely. You, if you have freedom based on Al Capone values, it right, ain't going right. to be good freedom. Right? Or, or if you think libertarian is uh, the, the you know the way to go, and I, and I I think there's a lot of libertarians that are trying to pass themselves off as conservatives yes when when they're not i agree i agree with that well listen before we go we got one minute left just real quickly um people need to vote in november um and we want them to vote god gave us a country where we have the ability to do that um tell us how we can pray for you specifically before uh we go off air thank you doug listen i would ask people to pray that um that the Holy Spirit give me discernment, protection, understanding, and appreciation for those across the aisle. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to continue to fight the good fight. There are good men and women across the aisle. I know them. I've worked with them. I'm continuing to work with them. And, and we're going we're gonna to get this country back. Well, thank you for being here today discernment protection understanding and appreciation really as much as it depends on him to be at peace with all men thank you guys for listening uh, congressman thanks for being here today thank you right. Doug. I hey you're listening you. to swat radio if you want to hear this or any past program go to www.swatradio.com www.swatradio.com we'll be back tomorrow if you missed a swat radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety then go to swatradio.com Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual.